The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Not much happens here in Hawkins. It can get a little boring sometimes, honestly. That's why my friends and I like to spend so much time playing games and seeing what adventures we can get into when we can. But now, sometimes I wish things could go back to the way they used to be, with just the four of us hanging out at Mike's house after school. I feel like I can be pretty creative, but even my imagination couldn't dream up the scary things we've been dealing with lately. When Will went missing, things got real weird real fast. There were monsters, like actual, actual monsters. And then we found Eleven. She's our friend, and she's crazy. She can move things like like a superhero with her mind. Anyway, with Elle on our side, I think we can handle these monsters. We can't tell the grown-ups any of this, though. They would never believe that there's a whole other world out there that we can't see. An upside-down world where things are really strange. Is this all there is? This natural, physical world, is this really all there is to life? Or is it possible that there are other dimensions, other realms? And is that why we're so attracted to shows like Stranger Things, to movies with a similar theme, because they they give us a fictional glimpse into real worlds, or at least the idea of something real, that this is not all there is. Every once in a while in our life, you have an experience, a a brush with something otherworldly. And in those moments, it's as if some wall crumbles and a portal opens to another world, to another realm. Now, before you get all weirded out, let me just kind of speak right to this. What I mean is that, is it possible that beyond the physical, there is a spiritual? There are two realms, both real, but both interconnected. What happens in one relates to the other and vice versa. And they each can cause trouble in the other. In Stranger Things, that other world that you reach through the portal that was opened is the upside down. And monsters come through there and they begin to infect and affect this world. And they can cause all kinds of trouble. And so for you and I, there are times when we we brush with this other realm, with the spiritual realm. And in some moments, we we get this frightening feeling of a spiritual evil that's causing trouble around us and even in us. But then there are other times when we brush against something that's comforting, that's warm, that's encouraging, and it's a brush with the divine. It feels like there's someone with us even when we're alone. The, the Celtics called this thin spaces. Moments and places you can go where there's a, there's a thin line between the physical and the spiritual. But we often live like this is all there is. And so we go through life and then there are troubles around us and troubles in us and so we only blame it on the physical. Then, then there are others who are obsessed 
with the spiritual and they think everything is spiritual because they, they don't recognize that things are also real in this world, but there is some type of interconnected relationship between the spiritual and the physical. And you, you kind of see that in this fictional story of stranger things kind of being played out of how people in the real world are interacting with, or, or in this world are interacting with people in this upside down or interacting with monsters and things from the upside down. And so my challenge to you in this real world is can you see and recognize that there is another realm that is affecting this realm? Maybe the problems you're facing are bigger than just a physical problem. Maybe what's going on in your mind or your emotions in your workplace, the classroom, or your community. Maybe some of the issues we're dealing with as a nation are bigger than just physical. What if they're being affected and impacted by the spiritual? Certainly for the nation of Israel, they thought their problems were only physical. The nation of Israel was up against a formidable and chronic enemy, the Philistines. And the Philistines had gathered on one side of a, of a mountainside and there was a, a valley in between and the, the nation of Israel and the armies had gathered on the other side and they were, were preparing for battle. And it, if you jump into the story that's found in the Bible, written by the author Samuel, who's giving you a kind of a flyover account of the history of the nation of Israel as they, as they um, found a new king and now the, the, this, uh, what, it, what does it look like to be ruled by a king? And so Saul leads his army out to battle against the Philistines. And as they go out to battle, they meet an enemy. And so I want to jump in. I want to read you the story. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, where you kind of, you meet this enemy. You meet this real physical monster named Goliath. Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? This day I defy the armies of Israel. And then he says, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and were terrified. And maybe, maybe this story of Israel going to lining up for battle against the Philistines resonates in your heart because maybe there have been times when you, when you kind of mustered your strength and you got, you got some courage to go out and stand up against an enemy, against somebody who was taunting you, against a problem that you were facing. But then when you went to battle, you came maybe not necessarily face to face, but you saw the terror of the monster or the problem or the crisis or the pain that you were facing and it intimidated you and caused you to recoil in fear and you became dismayed and, it, and, and fear kind of begins to settle in. When an enemy causes fear, when a problem leads to a lack of peace, it is more than a physical problem. In fact, a young man shows up. He's inexperienced. He's never fought in battle. And his name is David. David is going to visit his brothers at the battlefield. And when he shows up, he, he hears Goliath taunting the nation of Israel. And he recognizes that while he is a real physical enemy, there's a bigger enemy manipulating him that is 
spiritual. What, what I mean is that David recognized that this giant isn't just a giant. He is being used by giant spiritual forces who are taunting the nation of Israel. And so if you jump a few verses later, you get David who recognizes this. And in verse 26, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And so he, he's just calling it right out. And he says, this is not just a physical enemy. This is a spiritual battle. And what do you do with spiritual battles? And, and so David says, I'll fight. Let's go. And so David said to King Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. <laughs> Saul like puts his arm around little, little David and he's like, he replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. You're, you want to go to fight against this monster, against this warrior? He will destroy you. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep with a lion. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it. And your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this circumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied. Listen to this. This is what I want you to catch because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What can we learn from um, a, a boy who is a shepherd who comes to visit his brothers on the battlefield who hears a giant taunting the armies of Israel? What can we learn from him? Well, it's this that spiritual battles are fought by faith, not force. Spiritual battles are fought by faith, not by force. And so you and I have to recognize that we are not just facing physical battles. It's not just a relational disagreement. It's not just a financial crisis. It's not just a battle in your mind or in your emotions. Oftentimes, what you're dealing with is a problem in the spiritual that is manifesting in the physical. Now, many of you who've heard the story of David and Goliath, you've immediately already jumped to the conclusion that the real takeaway for you uh, is that you can face your giants. That from VeggieTales, little guys can do big things too. And you know, there might be, there might be some truth in that. There may be a lesson that... Um, you can face your giants and that little guys can do big things. But I hate to burst your bubble. That's not the story of David and Goliath. No, the story of David and Goliath is that you and I can't face our giants. The, the problems, the, the monsters that have come through the portal into our realm, into Hawkins, Indiana, uh, they destroy us. They, cause, they don't just cause trouble, they wreak havoc and they wreck people's lives. Now, uh, here's, here's the thing. Many of you maybe have misunderstandings of what goes on between the spiritual and the physical. And so I want to I um, 
step in and kind of open up your eyes and give you some perspective, some realities around what is going on in these realms and help you see why you can't just face a giant. You don't just get a, you don't just get a, you know, little guys can do big things too. Too many people have a wrong perspective about the spiritual realm. And and that is that they believe that God and good and evil or God and Satan are like the yin and yang, right? Uh, it's the dark to the light. It's the good to the bad. It's, and there's a little bit of bad and the good, and there's a little bit of good and the bad, and there's a, it's kind of a yin yang thing. Let me be very clear with you. That is not what we believe, and it, because it's not real. It's not reality. No, so the first thing I want you to cap- capture is this. The spiritual realm truth, number one, is that Satan is not equal to God. That's right. God is the creator. Satan was a created being. So what happened? God created Satan. Satan was designed to be a worship leader in heaven, an angel, but pride settled into his heart. He was not content to be an angel, but wanted to be God. And so he led a rebellion of angelic beings against God. And he he tried to wage a diabolical war against God himself. And it didn't last very long. In fact, it lasted all about the, the time of a lightning strike and God threw him out of heaven and he was demoted to hellish places. But he was also allowed, given dominion, to both terrorize this physical world and to tempt and lure people away from God. That's Satan, and those are his demons. Now, if you're paralleling it with stranger things, that would be the monsters that are coming from the upside down and causing havoc in Hawkins. The second thing I want you to catch is spiritual realm truth number two is that Satan doesn't work alone. That's right. He has help in this physical world. Well, what's the help that he gets from this physical world? Not just the demonic, not just the spiritual world, but in this physical world. Well, it's this. Uh, the help that he gets, there's two parts to it. First, the broken world that we live in. See, the world that we live in has been corrupted. And so everything in this world is bent against God. The systems of this world, the values of this world, they're contrary to God. And so they pull us into a thinking that goes against God. Everything in the world that you live in goes contrary to God. And so it makes you want to do things that go against God. That's this broken world that we live in. The, the next thing is that it's not only a broken world, but you cooperate with this. You and I have a, an enemy within, our own sin instinct. That's right. You and I are hardwired to disregard God and do what we want. It's as if there's a power or a, a monster on the inside that's compelling us to go against God and do what we want. The problem is that when we do what we want, we always do the wrong thing. We're always going in a wrong direction. We're always going um, in a direction that leads to ruin and destruction. And so um, the Satan and the demonic realm uses the broken world and our sin nature to cause havoc in our lives. The third thing that I want you to recognize, uh, spiritual realm truth number three, is that demons must submit to God. All 
the spiritual realm, is under the ultimate authority of God. Demons are not like, like there isn't some war that's waging that maybe they win and maybe God wins. And I want to be very clear. This is the thing that terrifies Satan the most is that he knows he's already lost. The battle is for you and I. The demons must submit. The question is, will I willingly submit to God? And so listen, this is what I want to speak to you. Um, the battle is for you and I. And so what does God do? God stepped from the other world into our world. He, he's the only one that can, that can go between the worlds and actually overcome the power of darkness and defeat the enemy. So what did Jesus do? And, and, and in the... Um, in the, in the Stranger Things, there, there's this uh, individual, her, her name is L or Eleven, and, and she's this almost like a Jesus-like figure because she has this ability to, to kind of toggle between them. She has power that she brought from the other world, and, and as a result, she's able to step in and fight for the innocent, fight for the weak. She, she's able to stand up and be a defender to the defenseless, and, and that's really, that's Jesus. Jesus, the real rescuer, savior, steps into our world. He took on our sin, our shame, and our guilt, right? When you think about David um, going to fight against Goliath, he goes into battle, and he's going to fight, but what Jesus does is he goes into fight, but instead of fighting to win, he takes on the death blow of sin. He absorbs all of our judgment, all of our shame, all of our guilt, and dies in our place. And you, you think that that's it. But Jesus not only dies, it's like, you know, this, the season ends and the hero of the story disappears, like L disappeared. And then, I don't want to give it away too much, but like, I hate to say it, but she comes back. All right, like she's going to show back up in a later uh, season. That's Jesus. He, he dies, and then three days later, he's, he's alive, victorious over death, hell, and the power of sin. And so the spiritual realm truth number four is that Jesus is your victory. He doesn't just fight for you. He gives you his victory. He wins the day, and he wins the day for you. And he takes his victory and then gives it to you. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, you are forgiven and given new and forever life. God's spirit, which is eternal and invisible, goes through the portal into your eternal invisible spirit because there's a spiritual part to who you are. This is not all there is. You are not just a physical body. You are a whole being. And there's a physical part to you. There is a soul part to you. There's a spirit part to you. And so God's spirit enters into your spirit and the battle is for the soul of mankind. And so you're, you're allowing God's spirit to give you victory over the sin that has tried to grip your life. And when you receive Jesus by faith and you allow him to forgive you of sin and give you new life, you are given the victory of Jesus. And if that's the commitment you're making, can I encourage you? You're simply saying yes to Jesus by faith and let us know. Text the name Jesus to 811. 411. We want to encourage you as you begin this new journey of walking out the victory of Jesus through faith in Jesus. 
Now, I told you that we want to talk about what it looks like to fight a spiritual battle, not by force, but by faith. And so I'm going to give you a couple really practical steps on, on how you interact with the spiritual realm. So let me jump back into the story of David and Goliath. So here we go, 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting verse 29. And David said, what have I done? Because his, his brothers come to him and they're like, who do you think you are? You're just a little punk. You're, you're, just, you're just wanting to come and watch the battle. And he's like, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not something worth fighting for? David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Here, here's what I want you to be aware of. David recognized something that I want every one of you to recognize. Your fight is a spiritual fight. Understand that the battle you're facing is not just a physical battle. It's a manifestation of what's going on in the spiritual some of you, you think that your spouse is the problem. And I'm not saying that you don't need marriage counseling. I'm not saying you don't need to get a little bit of, you don't need to do a little work on your marriage. What I am saying is that the reason you believe they're the enemy is because the enemy of your soul has tricked you into believing that they're the enemy. The reason why you think your boss or that classmate or that neighbor is the problem is the enemy is trying to turn you against them. It's trying to turn, turn, turn one group of people against another group of people, trying to turn one nation against the other nation, and it's trying to get us to tear each other apart. Your battle is a spiritual battle, which means you and I have to recognize this is not all there is. There is a real spiritual enemy that is fighting against us out to destroy us, and he's playing keeps. This isn't just a show. This isn't a game. This is real life, and you're living in it, and you're living in two dimensions. You're living both in the physical world and the spiritual world, and you have to recognize that the battles you face are spiritual battles. And when you recognize that, you see through the immediate problem to an eternal answer. You see through the, the temporary crisis to have access to a God who rules above all else. And so the first thing I want you to catch, recognize is that the battle you're facing is a spiritual battle, not just a physical battle. And, and so some of you, you need to pause right now and go, man, I've, I've only been fighting this in the physical I thought it was just a financial issue. I thought it was just a, 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 an issue in my mind or my thinking. And I'm not someone that goes and looks for demons under every bush, but I too often think that we discount the spiritual impact of what's going on in our life. You might need medicine. You might need to go see a doctor. But don't, don't believe the snake oil salesmen that try to trick you into believing that it's only physical. It's only chemical. It's only psychological. You are a complex individual. And as a result, there is a significant spiritual part to who you are. And there is a spiritual realm around you that is affecting you. And so you have to do battle both in the physical and the spiritual. Let's jump into the, continue with the story. And the Philistines cursed, the Philistine, Goliath, Curse David by his gods. See, this is how you know it's a spiritual battle because he's taunting him at a spiritual level. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds 
and the wild animals. And David said to the Philistines, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Wow. You come against me in the physical, but I'm coming against you in the spiritual. All of those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Let me, let me condense all of that. The spiritual fight you're facing is God's fight. When you believe in Jesus by faith, your fight becomes God's fight. And then he fights for you. So David <laughs> pulls out a little slingshot. David puts a little rock in the slingshot. Don't worry, I'm not gonna shoot you with a thing. Some of you are behind a screen and you're like, this thing's, I'm gonna do like some crazy 4D effect, man. Like you're at Disney and I'm gonna just, that wasn't very effective, so I'm gonna get another one. Here, here's the thing. On David's own, it's a kid's toy. On, on David's own, sure, he's a good shot. He might be able to kill, a, kill an animal with it. He might even be able to scare away a lion. But you notice what David said? He said, God delivered the lion, the bear, into my hands. See what, in my hands, that's it, right? It's just, a, it's just a, a shot. But in the hands of God, here's what God does. And, and what's crazy is you see this in the, in the show, Stranger Things. This one time where this monster is coming at, um, you know, Elle and Lucas and Mike and the friends and the monster's trying to get them and they're, they're kind of trapped. And, and so um, Lucas jumps up with his slingshot. That's kind of his favorite weapon. And he, by the way, we're not going to show this to you because frankly, this scene is really scary and creepy. It's strange, okay? But in the, in the scene, he, he pulls back and, he, and he's shooting the monster and he's trying to get it to go away. He's shooting it and shooting it like, woo! Hey, this is fun. Let's see if I have any more of those. Um, and, and he's shooting at it and, and it's the, the little, the, the thing, the rocks are just dinging off the monster. And then he pulls it back and suddenly like, and when he shoots, there's power that's released that allows that stone to become a supernatural force that knocks that monster and it's trapped against the wall. And then Ellie steps, or L steps in and you kind of see, oh, what was happening was uh, Lucas, it wasn't just Lucas pulling the slingshot. There was some supernatural force behind it. And, and okay, so that's a story, that's fictional. But in real life, David comes out with a sling and he, he pulls Back, and he recognizes that it's not his ability, but it's God's ability. See, he put his sling into the hands of God, and he transferred his best into the hands of God. And when you put your best into the hands of God, it becomes God's best. And then suddenly, God reaches back, and God pulls out the ammunition, and God gets behind the sling. And then when he fires, right, God is propelling that. And I'll bet he could have lobbed the rock and it would have killed Goliath because God would reach in and he's going to move that right where it needs to be. Some of you, you need to take your kid's toy, put it in the hands of God. 
You need to take your strength and put it in the hands of God. You need to take what resources you have and give them to God so that it's not your best, it's God's best fighting on your behalf. And what you discover is that God begins to fight for those who put their faith in him. And so you have to use the the spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual battle. And the weapons of our battle are weapons of faith. David trusted God to fight for him. David went to God in prayer. David appealed to God in prayer. And then David took his best, entrusted to God and said, God, you do the rest. And when you begin to trust God to do the rest, God shows up and God steps in and he begins to fight battles for you. Some of you are trying to, you're trying to move things in the spiritual that you have no power to move. But if you allow God to step in and work through you, God will begin to do the impossible. And your marriage is worth fighting for. Your children are worth fighting for. This next generation coming up is worth us doing battle in the spiritual realm for. It's worth us praying. It's worth us being obedient to God's word. It's worth us being people who are surrendered and people of integrity, people who are walking in peace and compassion and service and generosity. And as we take what we do have and we put it in the hands of God, we allow God to begin a fight on our behalf. And then when the victory is won, God gets the glory and God wants to write an only God story through your life. And so what can you do? You say, God, I recognize that the spiritual battle I'm facing belongs to you. And I realize that there are many of you right now, you're facing a battle that's bigger than you. And it's not just because you need more power, you need more access, you need more resources, you need more medical help or more counseling. You need to, you recognize that it's a spiritual battle that you're facing. And you have to fight spiritual battles with faith, not force. And you have to give your battle to the Lord. Some of you are gonna watch this in tears. Some of you, you guys, you need, to, you need to stop flexing. Take a breath. You've been trying to do this in your own strength. You need to do it in God's strength. So I want to take a moment. I'm going to pray over you right now. Jesus, thank you that you came to give your life for us. You stepped into our fight, and what looked like defeat became our victory. As you took the blow of sin and death on yourself, you purchased our forgiveness and new life. And so we not only believe in you, but we recognize that there is a spiritual realm all around us. There are times when we're facing a spiritual battle and we need you to step in. And so God, for everyone that's facing a battle right now, and they're recognizing that it's spiritual, God, I pray that they would sense your peace and your presence and your power. They begin to yield to you and trust you to fight for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.